Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest in the Aberdeen Closed End Fund podcast series, where we catch up with our portfolio managers from around the globe to gain some perspective on the state of the markets and the Aberdeen Closed End Funds. I'm your host, Paul Blaine, Senior Director with the National Accounts Team, and today we're focusing on the Aberdeen Japan Equity Fund, ticker JEQ. It's my pleasure to welcome Chernye Kwok, the Deputy Head of Equities Asia-Pac and the Head of Equities Japan. Chern, thanks for being here. It's great to see you. Thank you. It's good to be with you. So if you wouldn't mind, could we start with uh, an overview of what you feel has been driving the Japan equity markets? Sure thing. Well, if you look at the Japanese market this year, it's up 23% um, in local currency terms as of the end of August. Uh, now, in US dollar terms, that's a pretty respectable 11%. And if you look across Asia, um, it's a pretty good return compared to most markets, especially China. Okay. Um, so what has driven the numbers? What has driven the market? Um, quite a few things. Um, the first thing is that Japan has had a better domestic outlook compared to um, quite a number of countries, including China and various parts of Asia. Um, essentially the decline in raw material prices uh, from earlier this year, and also the easing of supply chains across the world has helped to keep inflation in check. Okay. The second thing is that there's, uh, there's improving domestic demand in areas linked to inbound tourism. Also, the Japanese equities market is unique um, in terms of regulators trying to raise valuations. And last but not least, Japan is seen as um, a, a country with much lower political risk compared to elsewhere, especially in China. Okay, um, And this, of course, comparing it to other Asian markets. So, you know, you put all of these things together, you know, relatively lower political risk, um, better domestic outlook. You know, you have um, proving, you know, conditions in terms of costs falling, you know, or, or at least being kept in check. And that leads to um, a lot more interest in what's going on in the Japanese market. And, and let's not forget an important pillar to this is the continued improvements in shareholder returns in Japan. Um, if we could get specific to the fund for just a second, would you please share the overall strategy of JEQ, the Aberdeen Japan Equity Fund? Sure. Um, our investment philosophy focuses on good quality companies, companies that have sustainable business models, good management teams, and awareness of ESG, especially governance, which has been an issue in Japan. And of course, you know, if all these things make sense and if valuation makes sense, it becomes an investment within this fund. Okay. So with JEQ, we implement an all cap strategy whereby we look for the best ideas across the market cap range and size these positions according to where we see opportunities. So in Japan, um, just to provide some perspective, we have a very deep market of more than 3,000 listed companies with many varied companies across sectors and many of which have been around for a long time. And they have strong balance sheets um, and improving focus on returns and also an improving awareness of shareholder rights. Now, I, I emphasize this last point because it has, uh, and, and I find it's very important that investors understand this because it has been an issue for many investors over many years in Japan. And this governance has gradually been taking a turn for the better in recent years. 
Uh, Churn, so in terms of sectors that you're investing in or perhaps not investing in, um, where are you finding opportunities that you feel are most relevant to JEQ? Um, we are finding opportunities across quite a few sectors, but we, we tend to look at it in a slightly different way. So what we, what we do is we try to categorize the companies that we find into three broad themes to, to make it more bite-sized. Okay? And those three areas are innovation, digitization, and what we call made in Japan. Okay. Within innovation, I think what, what we can find is that, you know, we find companies that have unique technologies, whether it is in, uh, it is pharmaceutical type modalities or in auto electrification, or uh, perhaps uh, there's a product that is unique in helping uh, perhaps uh, semiconductor production companies um, to, uh, to more efficiently produce uh, semiconductors. Okay. Uh, for digitization, we can find companies that are involved with obviously the digitization of the world. But this is especially an, an issue in Japan where many companies lack the adoption of digitization relative to companies in more developed economies. So we can, we can find IT companies that help Japanese companies to adapt to a more software-driven world or to use technology to say uh, find leads or to improve their efficiency you know, um, find leads for, um, for driving sales, uh, to improve the efficiency of their, their advertising, you know, um, when, they, when they shift uh, more of their advertising online. Companies like that, you know, that help uh, Japanese companies adapt to this, um, to, to a more software-driven world. So last but not least, um, made in Japan. And what we mean by that is companies with a made in Japan stamp of approval, right? And we know that companies that produce goods in Japan, or at least, uh, you know, uh, uh, have that Japanese brand on them, you know, um, they tend to be pretty high quality and they tend to be aspirational products for, say, uh, many countries across Asia, right? So we have companies that sell uh, consumer products, um, say uh, something as basic as paint, you know, and, and, and we know that, you know, as, as these economies across Asia grow, the demand for these products will rise. And Japan has gone, of course, from um, a less developed country many, many years ago, decades ago, to where it is today. And, and you know, these companies have the product range, have the technology to, to follow along with um, the improvement um, in, say, uh, GDP per capita or, or the rise of any of these countries, you know, and, and the improvement or the desirability of these uh, products, you know, uh, will come over time. Sure, and thank you for that. So my final question for you in two parts. Uh, if you would, share your thoughts on why investors listening today should consider allocating to the equity markets in Japan. Part two of the question, where appropriate allocating to the Aberdeen Japan equity fund? There are a few drivers for the Japanese market when we look ahead. The first point is that let's not forget that Japan is COVID-related restrictions later than other parts of the world, okay? What this means is that um, Japan will see a continued resurgence of inbound tourism, and also they will see continued decline in costs for logistics, for supply chains um, that have been affected because of COVID-related restrictions over the last two years or so, okay? And that includes importing 
products from China um, or other raw materials, uh, parts and components from other parts of the world, right? So that will help Japanese companies do better this year. Uh, the second point is that lower raw material prices will help Japanese companies as well. In addition to um, Japan moving away from a deflationary mindset that has been existing in Japan for many years. Okay, so costs are falling while Japanese companies are gradually able to raise prices that leads to better margins. The third thing that I would add is that, that there will be continued improvement in shareholder returns. Okay, um, earlier this year, uh, the um, regulators in Japan have come out and said that companies trading at low valuations need to improve their ROE, or if not, they'll be demoted within uh, the Tokyo Stock Exchange. Now, many companies have, have realized that, okay, you know, um, that they need to improve their returns. And what that means is make use of the capital that they have on their balance sheets to do share buybacks, to improve their returns to shareholders, to then raise their ROE, um, to get regulators, especially the Tokyo Stock Exchange, to, uh, to essentially get, get them off their backs, <laughs> okay? And, and many companies have started to do this. Uh, we believe there's more that can be done. So again, um, easing of COVID-related restrictions, uh, leading to a better outlook uh, and lower raw material prices with a, the end of a, a deflationary mindset in Japan, helping to improve margins. And third, um, continued improvement in shareholder returns that would drive um, improved ROEs. Okay, now to your second question, Paul, on why JEQ um, represents a good opportunity for investors. Um, again, you know, we believe that our investment philosophy helps our investors to sift through the many companies that you see in Japan to get at the best opportunities. Um, and what we mean by the best opportunities means good businesses, good companies, companies that have sustainable business models, good management teams, and awareness, or, or rather increasing awareness of shareholder returns, right? We believe that that helps to drive the share prices of companies over time and will be rewarding for investors in JQ. Well, Chern, it's been great speaking with you today. We appreciate you sharing your time and your insights. Well, thank you very much for your interest, Paul. So for those interested in learning more about the Aberdeen Japan Equity Fund, ticker JEQ, please visit us at Aberdeen.com. That's A-B-R-D-N.com. You can call us at 800-522-5465 or email investor.relations at Aberdeen.com. Churn, thanks again. This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered as an offer, investment recommendation or solicitation to deal in any of the investments or products mentioned herein and does not constitute investment research. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Aberdeen.
The companies discussed in this podcast have been selected for illustrative purposes only or to demonstrate our investment management style and not as an investment recommendation or indication of their future performance. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up and investors may get back less than the amount invested. Past performance is not a guide to future returns, return projections or estimates and provide no guarantee of future results.